On this week's episode of The Fizz, we have Fatboy Jerry on to meet J.U. for the first time, and now they are best friends. After that, we hear about Jerry's top five Red Wing prospects. We talk about the Lions a little bit. We talk about how big it was that the Bills won the AFC East. We give you our locks of the week, and then we close it out with a little over under. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, don't forget to subscribe. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and write a review. Don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast, and thank you so much for listening. But now, let's get into the fizz. Chalk with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chalk with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop Okay, we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship plane. Cause I ball hard. Don't just me by harder. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of The Fizz. Thank you all for joining us here on Christmas Eve, Christmas week. We really appreciate you uh, sitting and listening to us. We are at an undisclosed location in downtown Detroit. I am with J.U. Kalkrick, former NFL and MSU running back. Jay, how are we doing today? I'm great. Frank, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, the, the year's kind of winding down, and obviously it's been a pretty pretty unprecedented year with these trying times, Jay. Um, you know, and I'm ready for a little bit of a little bit of a break. Take a few days off, relax, recharge, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, 2020 is, has been, you know, absolutely crazy. Yeah, but ready to wind it down. But there's good news. Yeah, here we go. Good news, bad news. What do you got, No, Jay? no, no. This is before my good news, bad news. This oh, is wow. just, I'm just throwing some stuff out there. I love it. It's humming season. Humming season? Yes. What do you mean? Like humming. Like, what do you mean? Mm, humming oh, a tune. That's beautiful. It's I took humming it, season. I took it in a completely derogatory way. No, no, not that humming. Okay, my bad. That's, I mean, that'll, that's not bad yeah, either. Yeah, you catch yourself walking through the... Walking through the grocery store, just humming a Christmas tune. Yeah. You might not know all the words. You'll be like, ah, da, mm, yeah. and then you jump back into the words. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Today, I had, uh, I did have uh, all I want for Christmas is you, just buried in my head all day. Exactly, yeah. and you just humming along. Humming along. That's right. It's humming season, I man. Like, okay, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah. And, and you, go ahead. And uh, I also, I wanted to throw in there too. I had you watching the show Seinfeld. Oh yeah. I had a Seinfeld moment. I had a George Costanza moment okay. this week. All right, so the local grocery store that I shop at, I won't mention the name until they sponsor us. Nice. Good. Um, there was a guy ringing the Salvation Army red kettle. Mm-hmm. So he's there ringing it. So I'm, I go there multiple times, and every time I go, I don't have cash. Right. And then so I, I'll tell him, hey, man, you know, don't have any cash on me. So couple days later i go and he's out there same guy ringing the bell and i go in i was like i don't have cash but on the way out i'll get some cash right at the i'll get some cash back and do it yeah so i went in got my stuff and i got cash back i got 10 bucks feeling good about myself yeah it's a big donation for stuff yeah and i go out there have the money nice and folded ready to go and he's not there what just the kettle sitting there okay you stole the kettle. I did not steal it, but okay. I did not put money in because he was not there to see me put money in. Oh wow! So <laughs> you you're a big like only a good you know like characters only see, when someone's not watching. I'm not. You're not a good but guy. That felt like you know. Am I donating 
for the fact of them seeming donate or the fact that it's actually a good thing to donate. Right, and it sounds like it, it was you only wanted if someone's watching. You know, it was just that guy because it was three days. I'm just, you know, I'm talking you through this. You, I know you, you're so talking. you didn't give the money, right? I did not. Give okay, them. so you still have that ten on you. I'm guessing you bought these beers with it. I got these beers. Okay, yeah, that's great. You know, that's great, Jay. So no, I mean, you're, and that's, you know, I donations, donation. You didn't give it at all. Uh, you know, character is what it is when no one's watching, and no one was watching. So, but when I did park here. Mm-hmm. A homeless guy came up to me and asked for money, and I don't have cash. Yeah. And I was like, hey, but I got a beer. Right. And I gave him one of the tall boys. Right, so you fed his addiction that put him on the street in the first place. <laughs> no, that's good. No, it's good, Jay. You're having a... You're, it's humming season, bud. You're humming it's, along. It's you're not donating. Season. You're feeding people's addictions. I love it. You're, you're a regular Santa Claus around here in Detroit. That's great to hear. So, let's jump into our good news, bad news. I, don't, I think that was Jay's all wrapped into one, but maybe he'll come back for more. But I'm going to give you guys my good news of the week. Uh, this one I found out today, and I don't know if you saw this. I think it's pretty interesting. But the did you see the Pistons' new hire? No, I didn't. The Detroit, you might have heard of this guy. The Pistons have hired Big Sean as their creative director of innovation. Okay. Do you see that? I, I, actually, on the elevator coming up here, I saw someone posted something in uh, Instagram about that. Yeah. And uh, so I, might I, have been me. I didn't look all the way into it. So they're kind of taking like the Raptors are with Drake. Yeah. I mean, they're doing something. I think I, one of their guys in this – this is the, the worst sentence I'm about to spit out ever. One of their guys in the system wh- who, like, worked for the Knicks uh, – the Nets. Excuse me, the Nets. He worked with Jay-Z and Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. They brought him in to, like, handle all their crowd relations, like, uh, community connections and all that. And I bet you this guy hired Big Sean because he was with Rockefeller. Right. And, like, you know, probably made some connections and calls and, like, we were cool enough to do it. But I thought one of the coolest things was Big Sean posted this, wrote, growing up I always dreamed of either being a rapper or playing for the Pistons. And, like, look at this guy. Like That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a guy awesome. from Detroit just living his dream. So. Exactly. And I think that's awesome for the Pistons. It's gonna, it's, it's great for them. Yeah, we'll see what it does. It, you know, I, I am curious if to see if it's more of just uh, a title thing um, or if he's really going to do some stuff, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, I think it's going to be kind of like the Raptors and Drake sitting courtside just – Mouthing off two players and just going from there. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. I could get in with that. More good news, um, at least on my side. I don't know if you're a fan of his, but Eminem just released the second half of an album he released earlier this year. He had 20 songs on the first part of the album. Music to be murdered by Side B. 16 Ooh. more songs. A couple of skits in there, as Eminem always does. Um, but... Being the stan that I am, I'm always excited when Eminem comes out with new music, even if he is 48 years old at this time. The guy's just addicted to the game. Right, definitely, and I think that is great news. I'm a big fan of Eminem uh, going through. He's definitely in my top five favorite rappers of all time, Mm -hmm. so definitely. That's awesome. So I'm very excited to hear that, and obviously Detroit-based podcast. Wanted to touch on Big Sean and Eminem, so that's great news. And if anybody is looking to listen to the new Eminem album, my early favorites is higher and killer so those are my two early favorites jay what do you got for good news or was it that you almost gave money to salvation or what is it is it salvation army yeah it's salvation yeah it's just ringing the bell yeah. yeah i always do get him on the way out I know, but i, I tried getting him on the way tried. out but he wasn't there yeah right he wasn't there yeah. he was not man in his post that's ridiculous. no but that's not my good news okay. my good news yeah, that's not good news Go. my good news is my buffalo bills oh yeah 
won the AFC East for the first time since 1995. Holy shit. Yes. Josh Allen was not even born before when that when that happened yeah i was four years old so that is absolutely insane and the city of buffalo is going absolutely crazy i've sent you so many things videos are so sick so many videos so many memes everything through uh instagram this week i'm you know just riding that high along with bill's mafia and as you should i mean it's it's absolutely electric that they won i'm i mean I'm curious. I mean, I, I almost have to say it's fact that it's because this podcast started that the Bills won. They hadn't won. We get together on a podcast. All of a sudden, they win for the first time in 100 years. I'll take it. Yeah, 100% I'll take it. And we're going to get into that a little later about what that means for Bills Mafia and Bills World. And I can't wait to hear your take on it um, just because I know that's been a long time coming. Exactly. Um, my bad news, my bad news is personal news that no one cares about. Absolutely no one cares about, but I've been pouting about it since Monday, and I'm going to share it on the airwaves here. I was number one in points in two fantasy leagues. Number one in points in two of them. Two of them. Very high stakes. Would have been a good chunk of change that I would have won, even if I would have just made the sem- it made the finals. I lost both of them. I lost both fucking semis with two very different teams. Uh, and the guys who fucked me, TJ Hawkinson, big time. Jason Myers, huge, big time. Juju, dancing on logos, fucking loser. DK <laughs> took a goddamn nap. And then Chris Carson decided to get outgained by Carlos Hyde. So that's me bitching about fantasy, and I will shut my mouth, but I have been pissing and moaning about it all week, and I can't believe I lost both the games I lost. I got an idea for you. What's that? Next year, yeah, before your draft, yes, hire or buy a cameo by Chris Spielman, and he can be your draft guide. Perfect. Yeah, I'll get. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll hire Chris Spielman. He'll cost more than the actual league payout, and I'll do that just so I can win on Pride. What's your bad news, Jay? My bad news is back to my Buffalo Bills. The bad news is. Now that the Bills are successful, and I'm repping my Bills where I go, and I called you right at the airport when this happened. Yeah. This TSA agent that almost I sla- almost slapped him. Yeah. Because he looks at my jacket and say, oh, I see you're jumping on the Bills bandwagon like everyone else. Wow. I said, whoa, bro. Hey, buddy. Yeah. You know. Do you I, know who the fuck I am? Did you give him one of those? I, I said, well... Buffalo's my hometown, and I played for them. Peace out. That was it? That was it. Yeah. That happened? Fucking guy. Yeah, he just got all in your face about it. Where were you flying out of? Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay, yeah, well, fuck that airport. Fuck Bill and Hillary Clinton International Airport. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was good news, bad news. But the, the probably the highlight of this show today that we have upcoming for you guys we're going to talk about the lions we're going to talk about the bills um and we're going to give you our locks for next week but what we're going to do now is we are going to finally have after i don't know how many episodes we've done together like three, four or five i don't know something like that ju is finally going to meet jerry and you guys will all get your your wish. I'm going to be silent. I'm going to let these two talk. I'm going to let these two introduce themselves. I'm not telling Jerry I'm not going to talk, so I'm just going to turn on this Zoom, and I'm going to let these two talk it out. Um, and then after that, Jerry, 
um, has five to ten minutes of Red Wing hockey talk. And I got to give Jerry uh, credit here. He's very up to date on current Red Wings. As sometimes where I lack, he is a little better at knowing up to date current Red Wing stuff. So I'm excited to hear what he said. He had a whole notebook uh filled out with things i know he just finished a workout class at like 5 30 so he's probably all pumped up and juiced up and he said he's drinking blue lights so that is going to be very exciting uh and for those of you who do not know uh jerry is the one who provides all the over-unders every week uh he says he's a red wing correspondent and over-under specialist um when i have referred to him in the past as just my fat accountant friend from Cleveland. He wants me to stop calling him that. I'm just referencing it because that's what I used to call him. But (laughs) now let's get over to the interview with J.U. and Jerry. Frank. Jerry, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. Are we live? We are live. We're live. We're live. Yeah, this is it. You're on. I don't know how many times you've been on, but... What episode? What? what? What episode is this? Forty-nine. Fifty-eight. Forty-nine. I've been on. I think this is my third time. I think you've been on more than that. Good to be back. Well, it it's ah! we are stepping all over each other once again. Here's the deal: you are going to meet Ju right now. Uh, I'm going to pass you over to him. I'm going to be dead silent. Okay. I'm sure you guys will just shit on me up and down. I don't care. Uh, I shit on you every week. So I'm going to pass you over to him. This is your new best friend, J.U. Meet Jerry. Jerry. J.U., nice to finally meet you. I know, right? Definitely. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, boost the ratings in this show and shut Frank up for a little bit. Well, I appreciate you actually giving Frank an actual guest on this show. As he mentioned before, me being on the show three times doesn't count. It's basically been just shithead guests. So it's nice to actually have someone who's legit. I think it's nice to finally meet someone that, you know, has other collegiate sports experience. It's, it's, you know, I know Frank doesn't know what that's about at all. So it's nice to actually talk to someone on the fizz that, that, that knows what college sports is like. Hey, you know, that's why we're two peas in a pod because – once you play that, once you enter the collegiate ranks, it's that brotherhood that will never be broken, and something that uh, Frank would know nothing about because his time at De La Salle hockey team, you know, didn't prepare him for that. No, no, I don't think they won a Catholic League championship, but there's just a lot of things that he can't relate to, and I'm, I'm glad that's why he stepped out. It's just us because I think this is, you know. He wouldn't understand what we're even talking about being, you know, real athletes. Right. Um, Over his head. <laughs> but, no, it's good to finally meet you, and I appreciate all the love on, on the podcast. It's finally nice to not just be called the fat accountant um, that, you know, gives Frank the over-unders week in and week out. Uh, so I appreciate the love the past few episodes. Hey, you know what, WWJD. WWJD, exactly. You know, because you're the you're the machine, the oil that keeps this machine running here, and Frank gets all the credit, but really, when it comes down to it, people come in for the over under. That's what they want to they, that's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear Frank every week. Yeah, they don't want to hear Frank rave rant and rave about how much he hates Matt Patricia. 
Exactly. It's, it's me, and he texts me every Tuesday morning over unders. Yeah, got you, got you. I get no love, just the fat accountant from Cleveland. Right. So it's it's nice to throw some WWJDs around there, just being a part of the J squad. Ju Jerry, another thing that Frank just doesn't understand. Well, you know that they say all great people, all great leaders in the world have the names start with J. You know, you talk about Jesus Christ, Julius Caesar, J.U., Jerry. I mean, I could go on. Definitely not anyone else I can think of with an F. Right, exactly. Exactly. So, anyways, you are living in Cleveland. You know the nickname for Cleveland, right? What is it, Cleveland? Or or, or you're going to bring up, I don't even know what what's there. The mis- the mistake on the lake. Yeah, yeah. I hear it all, or the burning river. The burning river is another good one that we always hear. Uh, or the brown river. I don't even know. Or it looks brown to me, at least. Well, that's why Hugh Jackson got yeah. fired because he jumped in in the in Lake Erie there <laughs> on that side of Lake Erie, and you know nothing good happens when you jump in there. No, I would, I've never been in Lake Erie. I'll never go into Lake Erie. Uh, you know who God would? Frank. Frank would. He absolutely would. <laughs> so, um, so you're three hours from Buffalo. You know, i got to throw some Buffalo love in here, too. You're three hours from Buffalo. Have you been to Buffalo? I have to say I haven't. I, I do see Bill's Mafia, you know, all over. I uh, all over social media, which I have a major respect for. Um, so I, I definitely appreciate Buffalo. The wings, something I definitely wouldn't throw out in my top eight or what Frank said. And I'm, and I'm definitely, as what you said in a previous episode, I'm, I'm a flat guy, definitely not a drum guy. But I haven't been. I, I think we, we got to make a trip out there for this episode. We okay. are definitely going to make a trip to – we're going to go to a Bills game. Uh, you and I will be sitting in a box. Frank will be back outside okay. in the stadium listening to the roar of the crowd. <laughs> College athletes only. And, and I got another one for you. Varsity football only, too. Oh, wow. I, not, I, I, was, I did participate. And I was a kicker for a few games. But that's another thing that we have. And Frank never played varsity football. So just another reason why. He, he was in the stands on Friday Frank, nights, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, I was out there. I had two tackles my senior year. But um, you know my you know my thoughts on kickers, right, Jerry? You gotta give me some love though. Two tackles in seven games? You know Jerry, you see this is where we're gonna stray there. You got two tackles and it's your fault. You should have kicked it in the end zone for a touchback. And you wouldn't have to put true. yourself in that position. <laughs> That's true. I'll take that every day. Hey, I'm one of those accountable guys. I think Frank doesn't. Like, exactly. I'm an accountable guy, so I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, so the important question ranch or blue cheese? I'm a ranch guy. Not, not on pasta, though. You got to try I, it. I will never. <laughs> Like, is that, like, similar to an Alfredo then for you? Is that why, like, 
Is that what it kind of tastes like then? No, I'm not saying you mix it in with the pasta. So you get your pasta. You you get it. You get your piece of lasagna, and you just drizzle some ranch with on the, the top of it. Yeah, you just drizzle ranch on the top oh. of it. Yeah, you don't mix it in the sauce. That is some wild shit, man. I don't know. I'll try it just because J-Squad, WWJD, but, I mean, my last name's Urbino. Frank said that I'm more Dago than he is. My family actually might not, like, associate with me it if could... I do it, but well, I'll keep it on the DL. None of them must be listening to this anyway. It Probably, could... like, I- I'm actually the only listener. So, um, it could be something that changes your family's life. (laughs) I doubt it. I doubt it. But that's sick to you. I don't know. uh, For you, maybe, but no one else. (laughs) All right. So let's, let's stick with some Buffalo stuff here. So my Sabres, I'm a Sabres fan. Uh, do you think Jack Eichel and, uh, their new guy that they have there, what's his name, Rasmus? Rasmus Dolan. Yes. Is he enough? Are those are those two enough to for the Sabers to make a playoff push, or do they need to continue to build around them? And if so, how much longer? Well, you guys just signed Taylor Hall to a one year deal for eight million. Right. So, I mean. He's a rental, so they're going to definitely try to make a playoff push. Um, Rasmus Dolan, your, your boy, like, he's good. I don't know if he's the big piece to the playoff push. Eichel is legit. Um, so I think with, and with Jeff Skinner, too. Um, I think, I mean, it's a short season. Who knows? But I, I think kind of you guys had a long way to go, kind of similar to Detroit. So I wouldn't get your hopes up. But you signed Taylor Hall. So you don't think we're making no, the playoffs? Geez, you are putting me on the spot here. Um, I'm going to say the Buffalo Sabres will not make the playoffs, even with the addition of Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall looks like a rental that they'll probably deal for a trade pick. Uh at the deadline, so yeah, no, Buffalo, I'm sorry, Jay, are you, are you, is that, are you an NHL, I saw you, uh, Instagram, the, the other, the division realignment, are you an NHL fan, are yes. you a Sabres diehard, I'm a Sabres okay, guy, I like that, yes, I, I, yeah. grew, I grew, I gotta say though, I grew up a Penguins fan, from way back in the day, like, a true Penguins fan, and then I switched over to the Sabres, when, uh, when, uh, Ryan Miller, was there and uh, so you know because we we knew okay. each other in college and his brother and I are good friends and then so when he went there um, I went to Sabres games and everything like that and hung out with him and so that's where I really adopted the Sabres and you know actually you know from being my hometown and everything really fell in love with them there so I, yeah I'm definitely a Sabres fan and then you brought up the realignment what do you think of the realignment of the divisions? Um, I, I like that Chicago and Detroit are back together. You pointed that out, bring back the rivalry. That's cool. Um, I think that other East division is stacked with the Penguins caps. Um, I don't know. I think with, like we saw with the NBA, it's going to be kind of like a, a shit show 
on what this shortened season is going to be like. So I can't, I have no idea what's going to happen. Somewhere as a Lions fan, I'm a very slappy Red Wings fan, so I think that's why I know so much about the prospects because there's nothing else to frick because they were last in the league last year. <laughs> um, so I don't know. We'll see. And this is, it's going to be fun. I'm glad it's starting up soon. Um, give Frank and, and the Fizz and us something to talk about, but I'm glad you're, you're an NHL guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. And for those uh, division realignment, I'd say – the East is the toughest division, and then the West is going to be the second toughest division. That's what. That's just what I think, you know. Because the East, you you know, you got all those teams, and you got Boston, you got you know. I'm going to throw Buffalo <laughs> in there, you know. So I think that's the toughest division right now. No, we'll see. I'm excited. As, as you mentioned before, I, and I think I, I keep bringing up. Um, you mentioned how I, I know all the, the young guys, all the prospects, and I think, you know, that's why I'm getting excited. We got the World Juniors coming up. Um, I feel like Buffalo has probably hosted a World Junior Championship before, but I'm sure the Sabres got a lot of prospects playing in that uh, in the upcoming weeks here. So hockey's back. Hockey's back. It's been all football, um, and baseball kind of sucked, but um, it's good to have hockey back finally. Amen on that front, Jerry. I'm going to jump back in with you here because I couldn't agree more uh, that hockey is back. And I know that you have some notes on our Detroit Red Wings. But before we transition into your notes on the Detroit Red Wings, I did take a little, a couple of notes on the roast of Frank Cerise you guys just had. Um, I did win a Catholic League championship uh, for my <laughs> hockey team in high school. In fact, Jerry, I was a state champ, which your number one soccer team could not baseball. achieve. Yeah, it was a baseball state championship. People forget. Uh, you two can go sit in a box when we go to Buffalo. I'll stand with the people of Buffalo because I'm fucking gritty and I'm from the city. And I will gladly stand proudly with the Bills Mafia while you guys get uh, – your ass is wiped in first class up there. I'll sit with the people of Buffalo. Number three, number three, when Jerry says he was a kicker for the football team at LaSalle, he did kickoffs only. Let's be real. He did kickoffs only, zero pressure situation, no kicks, no field goals. Two tackles. Yeah, two tackles. Who gives a shit? Number four, ranch on pasta. How awesome is that? It's, it's not that great, man. You're, you're really into it more than you should be. Number four, ranch on pasta is sick fuck shit. That's just back at you, J.U. I don't think I'll ever try that. Okay, so now the, let's move into the notes that you have, Jerry, because I actually am very excited to hear what you have to say about the young Red Wings prospects um, that we have this year. And then I have a couple of Red Wing questions for you. But uh, I know you, you showed me a picture of your, your little notebook. You have nice handwriting. Um, so so what do you got for me? Let, let, let's talk wings. Yeah, no, being the, the you know, champagne official Red Wing correspondent. I'll give you that. My first, this is my first, you know, upcoming 2021 season prospect ranking. And I'm which, excited. And so, just so the, for the people out there, they know the Detroit Red Wings are coming back on January 14th, right? Yep. Okay, go ahead. And it's going to be a 56-game season. But since, you know, we have a long way to go, we finished last year, I'm still just really pumped up about this prospect pool, and there's a couple guys playing at WJC, and 
Um, another bunch of guy, handful of guys playing in the Swedish and Czech league, which has gotten me really jacked up. Following a bunch of randos on Swedish Twitter, watching Maurice Cedar just absolutely bury kids. He's so, he's laying the body quite a bit, huh? Yeah. So, I, and he's number one on my prospect rankings. I'm actually I, I'm in love with this kid. So he's like I think CDY found his Victor Hedman. So this was the sixth pick. 2019, Maurice Cedar, he's 6'4", 210 at 19 years old, okay? The past year, he's kind of dabbled in the AHL, which he he had a good year, 49 games at 22 points, but recently, he's been playing in the past 20 games in the SHL, that's the Swedish First League, and Frank, he's absolutely pummeling guys probably similar to ju sorry i haven't seen a highlight tape but you probably killed a few people in your life this kid is 19 burying grown men uh in the shl and i just couldn't love it anymore so Um, i had so i had no idea when they drafted this guy because the only time i really see those clips is like when you or people send them to me and all it is is him just absolutely laying lumber uh, I had no idea he laid lumber. Like I thought he was like a position Lindstrom esque guy, and maybe he'll turn into that. But I did not know he threw the body like he did. I think he's just starting to grow into his massive frame, which I'm thinking Stevie Y knew about. Yeah, he knew um, he that knew. he was going to. Yeah, yeah, because he was kind of like at, when we drafted him, he was like a stay at home kind of Lindstrom type, high like hockey IQ type guy. And, um, and the thing about him, too, more, was he was picked way before anybody thought he would be picked, right? Yes, you're right. Yep, he was like, he was, I think he was coming around like 15 to 20, and Stevie Wise, you know, snagged him really at six, and people were surprised. But now, like, you look around, and me, you know, because I have nothing better to do, I'm looking at all the Twitter prospect sites, everyone thinks he's the real deal. Fuck yeah, um, I love hearing that. And one one more thing about you know slobbering all over Cedar right now, but he's he's right now in the SHL 13 in uh, for defensemen for points. And I was looking, I was like, oh, let's see how old some of these guys are that are ahead of him. 26, 28, 38, or 32, 29, 32, 23. So like he's in a grown man's league, top 15 defensemen in points. So I just really pumped about this guy. I can't pump his tires anymore. Um, but I might be here all day. Well, I got a question. Be there. Uh, yeah, I got a question for. Is he a guy that you see making an impact this year? Good question. So he, the way his loan deal works, is he's got to be with the SHL for the remainder of the season, and that's going to be around March. So I don't know where. He'll probably be midway through. So expect to see this guy in a Red Wings jersey, J.U., somewhere around the springtime frame. But he, he's coming. And he's that's coming. and that's by design, right, Jerry? Like, Stevie obviously knew we couldn't have him to start the year, and he was absolutely okay with that. I mean, he knows we're not winning right yeah. now. And I think he didn't know what the hell was going on with the NHL. So yeah. he was like, go get some games. It almost works out better um, to not have, like, your best roster in this type of environment, at least for this year. And obviously this is me just being, a, like, a wing slappy and trying to justify them not being good. But, you know, if you're in that win-now mentality, I don't know if I'd want it in these short lockdown seasons. For sure, for sure. But going on, number two on my list, he's really not 
maybe a prospect anymore, but I'm just pumped about this guy too, and I think he's flying under the radar a little bit. But, but Philippe Zadina, the guy that went number six in 2018, fill their nets. This guy is funny on Twitter. You can see, I think Frank, I, I, I tweeted at you, but like he he tweets his own goals. Yes, uh, and he's like, I buried two. And, like, you can tell he's, like, liking his own stuff. I think he really is just, like, a Czech guy that kind of just is new to social media and stuff. But love him. He's just a hockey freaking. No, no, no. He, no, Jerry, I, I like to talk to you about uh, this guy's attitude real quick. Uh, I think he loves himself. I, I, like, know he loves himself based on all of his social media and, like, even the fill their nets type shit. Like, this is a cocky guy. Yeah. And he, um, this was Holland's last first-round pick, right? Yeah, yeah, right before he left. This was the last, uh, 2018 was his last uh, draft, Stevie, up in 2019. I argue that, uh, I don't know if Eiserman would have picked this guy. No. Like, the character, like, must make Eiserman cringe when he sees this guy. I agree. But, but, but hear me out here, okay? He had a decent sit last year in the AHL. He split AHL and NHL, had kind of like a, you know, half a point per game, which is decent for, you know, being 20 years old. And then he was just in the Czech League um, where he had 14 points in 17 games. So he's still producing. Um, and now he's actually headed back. He didn't have the same loan deal as Cedar, but he'll be back with the Red Wings um, for the start of the season and expect to see him in, like, a top six or top nine role. But we'll see. You're right. I think CY probably freaking hates him and hasn't <laughs> viewed it on Twitter. But he, he buries and he's producing, so we'll see. But, Jerry, um, don't you think that's kind of what hockey needs in a bit? Someone like that, someone brash? It's like an so, OV. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like an OV, it's like a Panarin, it's like these rushes. Like, I want this guy. Like, kind of, I get it. Like, Frank, I know you're a Stevie Y slappy, and you probably want, like, every good character guy like Stevie. <laughs> but, but I wouldn't mind if this guy rolls up with some, like, Gucci shade. Hey, like so hey, so you're you're absolutely right, Jerry. Like I'm all about the true Detroit athlete, the Barry Sanders, hand the ball to the ref, you know, the Steve Eiserman, like, you know, the very reserved guys. Uh that it you're you're correct on that. But but, you know, every Stevie Y needs a Sergey Fedorov, you know. So I yeah. I, I, I can fuck and with the swag. Might be. Yeah, I can yeah. fuck with the swag. So don't don't act like I hate the guy. I okay. just don't think Eiserman would have picked him if it was his pick. <laughs> And if he okay, scores, okay. you think I'm gonna give a fuck, dude? I love if I love dudes who bury. That's and that's what I think Zadina has to do because he kind of doomed himself with that fill their nets thing. Like it's just like, well, if he he's got to score goals. He's got to score goals. Yeah, yeah, he has to prove himself. So we'll see this year with him. Uh, but excited. Number three on the list. This is a Stevie Y guy. <sighs> oh God! I mean, every Stevie Y guy now at this point, but. Lucas Raymond, Swedish kid, 18, fourth pick in the 2020 draft. This guy, he's playing in the in the Swedish top league, um, playing for one of the best teams, too. Has had five goals, seven assists, 15 points in 22 games. So at 18, I think that's top 20, 25 in the SHL. I've heard he's like the big dick on the power play, too. Is what I thought. I think I saw one tweet about that. A lot of a lot of credit behind it. No idea who tweeted it, but said he was like a big deck on the power play at 18. He's in the WJC coming up, 
pumped about him, but like he's like another gritty guy. Seems to find the net. 18. Apparently last year in the SHL, he played for the, the one of the best teams. Was playing in a fourth line role. So it seems like he's like not like you know a their nets type guy. Um, so this looks like a, a Stevie Y type character. So pumped about Lucas Raymond. This is my guy. Lucas yeah, Raymond, number three. Yeah, people are real excited about him. He kind of looks like uh, Blake Griffin. Uh, just throwing that out there for anybody. Yeah. He, he like reminds me of. He looks like Blake Griffin a little bit, like hockey wise. Um, and it's just wild to see how young these guys really are. Um, and obviously, yeah. I trust him if Stevie Wise got him. But like, there was a lot of hype around this guy, even at uh, that fourth pick. You know, when we were pretty disappointed about it. And he wasn't, like, a sure thing either um, at, like, four. I didn't really, like, compared to some of the other guys, like Byfield um, and the other last one, or whatever, that went number one. But we'll see. He's in the world junior. He's in the SHL. I don't think that he will be in a Red Wings jersey next year, maybe the year after, but we'll see. Um, Swedish guy, right? Another Swedish. Another Swedish guy. Um the number, but number four, not not Swedish. He's Canadian. Definitely doesn't put ranch on his pasta. Joe Milano, Joey Joey B. I knew this guy was gonna come up. Do you have this guy's jersey yeah. yet? This guy's your. This is like you. This is like you and Metro Detroit's hero. <laughs> I've seen him at Vincent Joel's Randazzo's. This guy, he gets meat sauce every Sunday. But no, he's actually. 30th pick in the 2018 draft. Um, he's he's uh, been with the AHL for the past couple of years. Been pretty decent, uh, but recently was loaned out to the SHL to Sweden. Played for a dog shit team. I guess his team was absolutely just brutal. Um, but he put up uh, 11 points in 21 games. And everything I saw, uh, you know, all these credible tweets that I look at every day on the shitter. Um, so that Joey V was the only thing that this team had and was a problem for every SHL team. So I think he's same thing as Cedar. He's going to play out the SHL season, but he's another guy who I would expect to see in a ring jersey next year or the year after. But um, I think he's going to develop and actually be something special. So, so, so don't so, sleep on my boy. So, Jerry, no, I, I won't sleep on your boy, but ha- and I could be completely off on this, but has hype around Joey V decreased a little bit um had, did he slump a little bit or anything like that or or am i or was or did you just get me too hot and bothered about him with that wayne gretzky no, Sidney crosby stat you gave me like a year ago about this guy you know what i mean no yeah no you're right he had uh like when he was 15 he's like the only exceptional player in like the qmjhl or something like that so he was hyped as fuck when he was like 15 and he did slump a little bit and I'm still slappy about him you're right I don't know if a lot of others are but he's not like in the bust category yet I would say and he's supposed to be like a two-way guy seems like a Stevie Y guy seems like he's always trying to get better as a hockey player and has his head on straight I was I actually sent him like a DM dump like, I was like, Joey V, keep working up, and, like, maybe my mom can make him some meat sauce, like, one time when I was drunk, but he never got back to me. Well, that's too bad. Um, maybe, maybe Joey V's listening, though. Maybe um, he threw some ranch yeah. on that. Oh, God, no, J.U., no one's putting ranch on their fucking pasta. That's just you. J.U., maybe you DM him about putting ranch on his pasta, and if you get a response back, 
then I got problems with Joey V because he doesn't respond to like 10 of my DMs. <laughs> if you're talking to him about ranch, then he might be off my list. <laughs> well, so I, I will say, though, there's no way he can be in the bus category at the age he's at, right? I mean, what would you say? He's 18? Oh, Joe, Joey is actually, I think he's 20. Oh, he's ancient. Um, Old for hockey years. <laughs> Old for hockey years. Yeah, so no, he's still, that's a good thing. He's still really young. Um, he's got AHL experience before he was 20. So, I mean, he was playing the AHL when he was 19, uh, which, I mean, you could barely squeak out freaking a point in, you know, a Catholic League game yeah. when you were 19. Yeah, so, for sure, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, number five, last on the list here, so, and kind of a surprise guy that I don't think are on a lot of people's radar for actually, like, blowing up the Swedish league is this Jonathan Berggren. Third, third, 33rd pick in the 2018 draft, second round. So that would actually be a Holland guy, right? Yep. But has, like, he's been hurt the last couple of years or something, so I haven't heard anything about him. What but position? The past year, in the, he's a winger. Gotcha. Forward. So, he's, and he's played in that first division in the SHL, the Swedish, another Swedish guy, and he has five goals, 19 assists, 24 points in 23 games, and he's fourth in the league in points right now. So, this kid, 21, um, won't be in the WJC, uh, but another guy that's kind of like sneaky in the SHL, uh, tearing it up, who's been under the radar that I actually think might be a prospect. He's like seen a Wings jersey in a, in a year or two. Hell yeah. That's so, exciting. So Jonathan Burr. And, and these Swedish guys, I, I last like note about pro, my prospect analysis from the Red Wings correspondent. Um is that like there are like five or six sneaky Red Wings that the Wings, they, you know, they had like 10 picks in the 2020 draft. I think like five of them were Swedish kids. Yeah. And they're, they're all playing um, in uh, the World Junior Championship. So kind of cool to see that like, you know, Cromwell, Zetterberg, I think they're like still doing some scouting out there. It, it looks like Stevie loves it. So hopefully we see some future Zetterberg, some future Lindstrom. So. Yeah, and, I, I mean, I, I mean, slappy I mean, no, mode. you're not even a slappy. The, the Red Wings, I don't think you can you can count as slappy. Uh, I mean, it's it's a lot different. The Red Wings have won four cups in our lifetime, six finals, twenty five straight playoff years. Like it, the list goes on and on. They've actually won some stuff, so we're allowed to be excited about them. Lion shit is slappy shit. Lions are like Stafford comes out with like a busted rib. They're five and eight. They lose the Titans by a hundred, and we're like, Staff still got it. You know, like that. That's the slappy shit. Yeah, they're proven. The Red Wings are proven. And, and they got eyes. Iserman at the helm, which is someone we trust, as opposed to no one, which is over at Ford Field. Yeah. Uh, um, so, Jerry, with the Red Wings, you know, Iserman's still building his army right now. He still has a ton of picks. you got to feel real excited. And then you know free agents, once they open up, Iserman's already got his eye on them two, three years down the road. You know, Detroit's a lot more of an attractive place when you got Stevie Y doing the negotiations. Um, so I think we're all really excited about the Red Wings. And then the one question I wanted to ask you, Steve Eiserman said, I believe yesterday or two days ago, the Red Wings are going to name a captain. Everyone's already Photoshopping the C on Dylan Larkin. Do you think it will be Dylan Larkin or could you see him totally ripping the transmission out and going Tyler Bertuzzi on him? I definitely don't see Bertuzzi, especially with him being at a one year deal, kind of prove himself. I think Larkin, you 
you know, they've been kind of, um, you know, brewing this for the past couple of years. And, you know, he's really earned it. He's a, you know, Michigan kid. Uh, you know, I know hasn't been the superstar that some thought that he was going to turn out to be, but you know, the kid's got a motor and he's proven to be a point per player, you know, point per game player in the NHL. Um, do I think he's Henrik Zetterberg? You know, do I think he's Stevie Wire, Nick Lindstrom? No, I hope he is. Yes. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I'd really agree with you there. I'd agree with you there. I think as Red Wings fans, we just have a hard time, especially the guys like our age, like where we went yeah. from Stevie Y to Nick Lindstrom to Henrik Zetterberg. Um, you know, like it would that you kind of already knew what the transitions were going to be. You know, this one I think is just a little harder. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say hard to swallow, but it's just you know, it's definitely a downgrade from the last three we had for sure. Unless he can prove I, us wrong. I'm excited. I'm excited, though. I think he's going to own it. He seems like a great like, kid, and he's really good, too. And no, I yeah. think this is the kind of jump that this might freaking make. Might get him going. in that top 15. Yeah, so let's see. Um, and I think it might. So, uh, But you're right. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not Zetterberg. But um, I want a captain, too. Like, you can't be – like, how do you feel about that? Like – how do you line up against a team and you're like, they're a fucking captain? Um, so, like, so again, yeah, I, I, well, not again, but I was, I was kind of okay with it just because, like, I kind of liked how Iserman showed up and, you know, he's, he's, he's making them earn it. You know, he's making them work for it, uh, making them think about how hard he wants it. Um, and anything Iserman's doing to motivate the players, like, I'm all for it. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's probably time. I think it's probably time to name a captain and – Dylan probably is the one who deserves it. And, you know, if he's going to have a breakout year, this would be a great year to do it. You know, like, it, it'd be nice to know we have our bona fide superstar, you know, locked in and as our captain. Yeah, fucking go, Dylan. Give him a seat. Yeah, all right. Well, go ahead. Get fired up. Jay's well, well Jerry, Jerry, I got a, um, I got another Red Wings question, and then we're going to drop Red Wings and go back to my Sabres. Um, what do you think of their retro jerseys? To be honest, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I, I, I'm a big, just kind of the, the white, red, original style, whatever, home away. I, and I don't think they, they did much with it either. It wasn't even like a, even the Winter Classics jersey, I feel like had more flavor or, um, you know, like throw a freaking like old time Little Caesars patch on there. Something, something, anything, just anything besides what they yeah. did, and get silver off my goddamn jersey. Uh, Jer- Jerry's tiptoeing around that because you asked it. If I asked it, we'd both be thrown up on the floor. He's just, you know, being nice because he knows you like it and he's scared of you or whatever. I love it. He so, likes you because you're his friend. But anyways, Jerry, I just gotta keep the WWJD. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's like nervous. He's gonna lose you. Just so you know, Jerry. Like a few weeks back, we talked about me being in rollerblading competitions. But <laughs> there was a time when your boy participated. I, I played in a summer travel roller hockey team. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Yes. And that's why I knew. That's why I knew to put rollerblade on there. Because I'm like, I know J.U. Frank doesn't know. He can't see. The college athlete thing. I'm like that guy. Fucking rollerblade. Yes. Couple, couple of notes here because we are like people don't know who the who you are at all, Jerry. Outside of what they say, so Jerry did play college soccer. I just want to clear that up because people might not know that. And he's been talking about how he's been a college athlete, athlete like this whole fucking division three. yeah, division three college soccer. Hey, uh, college athlete, 
being a college athlete at whatever level, JUCO, D3, D2, D1, you're still in a special club. And number two, number two, if you are listening to this, I'm sure you all know who he is, especially if you're some of the few that listen to this. Uh, just Google Ju if you haven't. Like Google some of his highlights. Like this is why when he tells me he's a rollerblading guy and he played in a hockey tournament, uh, it blows my mind sometimes. Just because you don't see, like, how big were you at your peak? Like the biggest you ever were. Two sixty. Okay, so yeah, it's two hundred and sixty pound fullback, running back, uh, Big Ten, Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth guy. You don't really think of him uh, <laughs> doing rollerblade competitions. <laughs> And uh, this league hitting? What's that? Could you hit in this league? Could you hit in your rollerblading league? You could do a little bit of check in here and there. It wasn't anything. It wasn't you know as serious, but it was a little travel league that we played in when when uh, we were kids, and uh, awesome time. But Jerry, I'm gonna need you all this information that you have about the wings. Now you're gonna have to divulge some of that into the I... Sabers. Absolutely, I can. Hey, next week I can spin up a little a Buffalo favorite. Uh, you know, Jared Beano. You know, all right, five, all right, five yeah, that, yeah, no we problem. got, it. yeah, you'll put it together. So you're coming in, <laughs> you're coming in next week, right, Jared? Yeah, I am. I will. Are we gonna do a live fit? Yeah, let's do a live. Come downtown next, or yeah, come downtown next week. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Yeah, well, fuck it, we'll do it live. I love it. I'm on my like fourth Labatt, too. Dude, Jay Jay's got like Jay's drinking a whole case right now. It's crazy. Crushing cans. He inhales them, dude. Crushing cans. You know how like when you get to squeeze it when you were a kid, like a, a Kool Aid Jammers, and you or like a Capri Sun, you just fucking inhale it and just like like that's what he's doing with these like stadium sized blue lights. That's why you can't be in the suite with us. That's fine. I'll stand with the gritty buff. I stand with Buffalo. I stand with the Mafia. All right, Jer, that was awesome. Uh, Honestly, the Red Wings insight was great. I can't wait to do it next week. Uh, We'll get a big Wings podcast put together for the start of the year in prep for the NHL season. Um, And then, you know, maybe, and, you know, we can keep talking to Jer, but, you know, next week I also kind of want to hear about the buzz in Cleveland over the Browns. So start thinking about that. Do it. All right, cool, man. Hey, J.U. J.U., it was nice meeting you. You too, man. Look next, forward. I don't give a fuck about Frank. I don't give exactly. a fuck about you, Look bud. forward to next week, and next week I'll tell you how I outdrank Pat Coletta. <laughs> fuck yeah. Thanks, Jer. See you guys. See ya. All right. Well, that was Jerry Rubino, our Red Wings correspondent and over-under specialist. He told, told me I can't call him the fat accountant from Cleveland anymore, so I'm just putting that out there that he is no longer the fat accountant from Cleveland. Uh, and he met J.U., and they seem like – to be very good friends now, especially over their hatred for me. Ju, what'd you think of what'd you think of Jerry? Love Jerry, great dude, BFF. Oh well, good for you guys. I'm glad you guys have that new friendship. But let's move into our Detroit Lions. Yes, they're still a thing, and they did play this week. Um, two things I want to touch on very quick. The Lions got blown out by the Tennessee Titans this week. I don't remember the score. It was the the Titans put up forty something. Um, I said the Lions would end the season. Yeah, I'll tell you what the score was. Yeah, what was it? 46-25. Okay, 46-25. Derrick Henry rushed for a buck 47 on 24 carries and one tutty. That's unbelievable. And you saw the clip of him uh, bitch slapping my man. 
Yes. He slapped him. And my my question about that is this. I have I have a serious question. And when that play happened, I pulled out my phone and was going to send out a tweet. And then I deleted it. Why do DBs feel the need to tackle him high? Why can't they just sweep tackle him? I you would be able to answer that better than me since you played in the NFL, but I think it's it's strictly like fear. It's it's just like you see him and you're like, I don't know what to do. You like I don't know what to do with my hands? Correct. Or like I, no, you throw your shoulder at his knees. Yeah. It's a sweep tackle technique. When we were in college, I used to hate hate our DBs because Coach Narduzzi taught the DBs to sweep tackle. And we're running down in, in live drills and practices. DBs will come and sweep tackle you and cut you by a knee. You can do it in a safe way. I don't understand why DBs don't sweep tackle it, Derek Henry. Is the sweep tap, tackle, like, there's, you don't wrap up, do you? The, you don't wrap up. The sweep tackle is kind of like what you see like a punter or a kicker do. It's all or nothing right at their legs, right? Right, and exactly. And it's kind of like a roll. Yes. It's kind of like what the Saints guy did to Stefan Diggs. Well, that was a little different. He just kind of lunges. Remember <laughs> the, 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 yeah. the miracle of Yes, Robert? exactly. Yeah. So I, I have no idea. I just wonder if they see Derrick Henry and they literally shit their pants and they forget all their fundamentals. Like, that's literally all that I can could, think of. That's the only thing I think and that the, happens. And I'm not critiquing Derrick Henry because that would be insane for me to do. Look at me. But he runs standing up. He does. It's wild. But until somebody sweeps tackle him... Until somebody takes out his legs, he's not going to stop. Do you think that that just it just hurts? Do you think it just hurts to take one of his knees to your head? No, it doesn't. I don't know. You can you can position yourself where you a sweep tackle is done from the side. Yeah. So you let him get a little ahead of you, and you sweep tackle him. Yeah. He's and, also quick. He I don't understand. I don't understand why they don't do it. I don't either. I don't understand why these guys choose to be posterized and be on Sports Center. For being... He slapped him. Yes. He slapped him out of bounds. I do love the Derrick Henry stiff arm. I think it's great. And Derrick Henry, like I've said before, he is a created player. He's a created player. Just My like, wife loves Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, he's sick. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> so, Lions lose again, but the storylines from the week... Always got to pull the storylines from what the Lions are this week. Number one, Stafford played. Stafford played. He's got torn rib cartilage, and his hand is a little fucked up. And he gave the most Matthew Stafford Detroit quote ever. Someone asked him after the game, why did you play? You know, your team is pretty much out of the playoffs. You guys stink. You don't even have a real head coach right now. Yada, yada, yada. Stafford replied, because I'm the quarterback of the Detroit Lions, and it was Sunday. I got a bunch of teammates out there that worked their ass off. Uh, They fight to be available, fight to get out there and play and try to help us win. I'm going to do the same because I'm the Lions quarterback. I mean... That's the stuff that just, like, makes me love the guy. That's why I love the guy. In addition, you got Kelly Stafford, his wife, helping families all over the city of Detroit. What I wanted to say here today is I I love Stafford with all my heart, and I think I just think it's time to put him somewhere where he has a chance to win a division, a Super Bowl, and make a real run because I just feel like it's been a disservice to him being here. And whatever team he goes to, I don't care if he goes to the fucking Chicago Bears, I will root for that fucking team because I love Stafford that much. You know, I think that was uh, all good and well in the comment that Stafford made, but at the end of the day, you you would root for him if he went to the Bears. These same fans that he said that comment about, if he went to another team and he came in and played Detroit, they would boo him. 
You think Detroit would boo Stafford? Detroit would boo Stafford. I don't think so. I, I, think I, I disagree would. with you wholeheartedly. I think they would. I think you get a standing ovation. For, I think people would bow. I him. think no, I I disagree with that. I think that would boost. So you're telling you're me off on that. you're telling me if if um, Matt Stafford played for the Minnesota Vikings and came into Detroit, they would they would bow for him. I I think it'd be a, a resounding standing ovation. I really do, Jay. I really do. You like, really do. Yeah, I really think. Okay, fans. so when Brett Favre played for the Vikings and played Menace and played Green Bay, did they boo him? Yeah, they did. They did. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and and you. So you're putting Brett Favre on the same pedestal as Matt Stafford. I think. I think from a. I think the fan base is a little different, and the situation. The fan base? No, no, it's not different at all. Green Bay has a stronger bond with their players. Green Bay fans have a stronger bond with their players than the Lions do. Yeah, I. That's yeah. It's insane. That whole so, but that whole thing was a little different. Like he retired, then he unretired, right? That was like But that was thing. two years later. Cause he was with the Jets. Mm-hmm. So everything should have been under the water. And then he went to Minnesota. And he re signed there, right? Or no, he, he only he, did, signed, he, he signed, signed with, with Minnesota, Minnesota yeah. for one year. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Yeah. It was a year later. I think So you're telling me yeah. if Stafford just one year out of Detroit and goes to Chicago mm-hmm. and comes to play Detroit, the fans will be excited to see him? I do. I do. I, I, I truly believe that. I really do because the situation here sucks so bad and he's been our only thing to watch for outside of Calvin Johnson, like for literally like for the 12 years he's been here. He's been the only thing to watch. I could be wrong. If he was released and signed with like the Bears, yes, that's a little different situation. If he was traded there, I think you'd get like – if he was traded there, yeah, that's different because sure. he has no sure. choice. Yes. And if he chose to go there. It might be a little different, yes. I agree. I agree. But I also think, like, we don't have this burning, like, I don't know. Like, we haven't won. We haven't built rivalries. Like, you have to be good to be a part of these conversations and these passionate, like, hate-love situations. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it is just a little different just because the Packers win a lot. And the Minnesota was very good during that time. Like, you know, with, with like, Culpepper and Moss and, like, through the Favre days. They were good teams. And the Lions just aren't part of that conversation. So I would tend to – I would have a tough time seeing a situation where Matthew Stafford was, like, booed in Ford Field in a different uniform, if I'm being honest with you. Well, Which I, I always am. Over, I keep it real. I keep it real as fuck. <laughs> Overall, I think he needs to go. He needs yeah. to start a, a new path somewhere else. I would love to see him go to I don't know what, like a Denver or where John Elway's there, and it 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 seems like they got a good team, but Locke can't figure it out. Uh, you know, I would hate to see him go somewhere else. That's really bad. I'd love to see him go somewhere where at least he'd have a shot. I mean. Brady, I don't think he'll ever quit, but what is he, 44 years old now? 43? 43, Imagine him going down to the Bucks with all those weapons. Like, it would be fun to watch. I would just... Well, they got Brady for another year, so he's not going to the Bucks. I see him going... Like, I see Denver. Like you said, I see Denver. I'm trying to think of, like, where else. Like, how old's Rivers? Like, even the Colts. Yeah, yeah. The Colts would be a good... 
Good, yeah. good, good pickup there, and uh, they got a uh, Nick Sirianni, a Western New York guy. I just want somewhere where he's got a shot, where he's got a real shot, and you know we're about to go full rebuild, rebuild for like the third time in his career, whatever. So that's so that's where we're at with Stafford. Uh, Staff, you know, if you're ever listening, I love you to death, man. I think you're a fucking warrior, and I know you love football, and you're just a good dude. You're just a really good dude. Wish you could have won more here, and wish the career was, you know, I wish it was better. I mean, you see that no look pass to Marvin this weekend. You see that? Oh, boy. It was nice. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> Number two story out of Detroit Lions camp is Daryl. This one is just. This is my favorite this story. Is, this, this, is, this is it. This is broken organization. Broken organization. Daryl Bevel fires special team coordinator um, Braden Co- Combs. Combs? Yes. Do you know this guy or no? Uh, I know a little bit of them. Is it Coombs or Combs? Combs. Combs, okay. There's two O's, That's if anybody doesn't. I'm, that's why I'm struggling with the pronunciation. Um, special teams coordinator, because he faked a punt in down two scores in the fourth quarter uh, with the playoffs on the line. He faked a punt in Lions territory without permission from Bevel. And Daryl Bevel fired him and this guy was considered the lone bright spot of the Detroit Lions coaching staff. You said fake to punt, but everyone in the industry said he went rogue. Oh yeah, he went rogue. He went rogue. No, and I love that. I love the term going rogue. Yeah. We used to say going rogue when we go out with the boys, you know, a couple guys go rogue, you don't know where they go, their phones are turned off. That's what this is. They just do their own thing. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. You cannot do that. Um especially when you have an interim coach fighting for a head coaching job and a special team play that was not successful. You can't do that. You always have to run things through. I know exactly how it goes. Each week you have two fake punts in your back pocket. Two two fake punts in your back pockets. One fake field goal in your back pocket as a special teams coordinator. For a season? No, each week. Oh, each week. Each week. It's the flavor of the week that you have. Each week you have those things. You have two fake punts, one running, one passing, yep. and then you have a fake field goal in your back pocket. You have a you have a unique name of it, so you can just say, "Hey, uh, Army Mission," and that and everyone on the on the field knows that's what's going to happen. So apparently, this guy had this in his mind. He's he felt he was going to be the hero to save the day, and went rogue. Yeah, I kind of respect it. You do? I mean, I just respect him doing it. I mean, just because, like, the Lions are just, the season's so done. They were down by two scores in their own territory with, like, technically their playoff hopes on the line. I mean, he obviously lost his job. I'm not in the industry either, Jay. Like, I don't know how this works of, like, how much he risked, yada, 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 for all this. You know, like, I, I don't know what was at stake. I don't know the rules. I don't know, like, the courtesy stuff. I don't know if that's automatic grounds to lose your job. So this is coming from a fan that's just, like, very salty with the Detroit Lions and this season and their management and everything. And some guy's going rogue trying to win the game. I'm not mad at it. You're down two. You're not going to win the game. Hey, whatever. He went for it. <laughs> Maybe if you get that, it gets the boys going. Here's the thing that – here's the thing from The Athletic. Uh, article here from The Athletic. Uh So, he does this fake punt, he gets fired. Uh, Here's what's written in The Athletic. The Lions are very much in flux when it comes to the coaching staff in the front office. A team source on Monday told The Athletic that the decision to fire Combs was made by Bevel, then signed off by President and CEO Rod Wood. 
Maybe it is just semantics. I'm still reading this article here. Maybe it is just semantics, but Bevel painted a slightly different picture. He stated that he has been given, uh, in quotes, given the authority to manage the coaching staff and thus firing Combs was my decision to start, but that he talked it through with Wood. The team president brought up the topic to Detroit's leadership group, including Sheila, including the VP of football administration, Mike Disner, I've never heard that name, who made the final call. Clearly, it was an organizational decision and not the one I made on my own, Bevel said, but I had input on the decision. So I know that was probably confusing to try to follow along with me reading it out loud. It was just as confusing to read. And the point I'm trying to make is it's always confusing when it comes to Lions management and staff and decision making. And that whole muddied report of whose decision did what to do when is just like, ridiculous to me well i don't think it's muddy at all okay i thought it was clear as day um bevel is trying to insert his dominance um this special teams coach saw the writing on the wall he's like at the end of the day i'm not I'm gonna be here I'm toast yes i'm not gonna be here so let me put an audition tape out there for other coaches to see me because this guy's gonna be a special teams coach somewhere else next year so then do you respect it or no I mean, the guy's just putting. No, his... I don't. Re- I don't respect the fact that he went rogue. Yeah. On his on his head coach, you know, I I believe in the chain of command and everything like that. Fair. I don't respect that fact, but I just it tells me how fucked up the Lions organization is when a guy is like, listen, I will get out of here. Like, what can I do to get myself fired? You I'm willing, know, I'm from willing here, to, I'm willing to put. This job, this lucrative, like, very small percentage job on the line to get the fuck out of here. Exactly. <laughs> That's how messed up the Lions organization is right now. Yeah. Like, like, this is a small story. This won't ever make national headlines or anything like this. This would be, like, huge if this was coming out of New York, if this was coming out of Bilichick's system. Exactly. This is a huge deal and it, it really does show the incompetency and the culture of the Detroit Lions. And that's why I wanted to talk about this story today. Well, and it also goes to show, too, that your special your coaches don't believe in your head coach. Right. You know, if you in go, if you do something like that, it's like, I don't believe in this guy, mm-hmm. that he's going to get the job at yeah. the end of the day, that I can just follow along and, you know, be, you know, take its marching orders and all. I'm going to do something that's exotic. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, I'm gone and I'm going to be somewhere else next year. Right, right. It's a, uh, you know, it's a pretty, you know, a non-lose-lose. I guess, you know, exactly. it's a win, but it's also not a win-win, you know, but it's... Right, you got fired, but you're going somewhere else. Right. So that's that's our the Lions are broken uh, news of the week. Um, so while we're here, let's just do this right now. Lions play the Bucks at home this week. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in this game? Because I mean, the Lions will lose this game without a doubt. I wonder if Stafford will go. Just curious of your 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 prediction and score prediction. Um, I think uh, the the Bucks are. Just starting to click. They're not gonna. They're not gonna blow the Lions out. The Lions are gonna fight. Uh, Bevel's gonna get them in the right position to be. You know, have that sense of belief. But um, at the end of the day, Bucks by ten. 
Bucks by ten, cool. Thirty four twenty four. Oh nice. Thirty four. We're on that same number. So I have I have Lions losing thirty four nineteen, which I believe is like pretty identical to what <laughs> I picked last week. So I got Lions losing again. They will end this season 0-4. Mark my words. Okay, now that we've dwelled in the basement of the NFC with the Detroit Lions, I want to talk about a team that isn't completely discombobulated, an organization that does have it together, your Buffalo Bills, J.U. Kind of a big week for you guys, eh? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, For the first time since 1995, winning the AFC East, um, dethroning the New England Patriots um, for that crown. Uh, so it was exciting. It's exciting for the city of Buffalo. It's exciting for Western New York. It's exciting for the only true New York NFL team there is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, hell, the Jets, Jesus Christ. Um, and I'm telling you guys, like, you know, Detroit podcast here. Uh, no, we're not a Buffalo podcast. If you haven't seen the videos of Josh Allen from Josh Allen and the Bills organization rolling up back to Buffalo from the flight home from uh, Denver. Denver. And mind you, this is 2 a.m. in the morning. Yes. You know, so there's thousands upon thousands of fans that show up at the airport behind the barbed wire fence and just screaming and chanting for the Bills players. This happened back in 2017, the first time the Bills – qualified for the playoffs and made it to the playoffs and you know ever since then it's been a tradition now you know you go and you greet your team and it just shows the passion of Bill's Mafia it shows the passion of you know what this team means to the city and you got to say hats off to Kim and Terry Pagula the owner of the Bills because when Ralph Wilson the previous owner passed away there were a lot of talks and about moving the team to a different to a different state and possibly even moving it to Canada. Bon Jovi was in the running to move this team to Canada, and uh, Kim and Terry came in and said, "No, we're keeping the team here in Buffalo because there's passion of fans." And that showed on Sunday morning, or Monday morning, actually. And you you can't stress enough what this means to the city of buffalo yeah and i mean honestly you guys check out the internet check out twitter the bills hype videos the fucking bills videos of them getting back to that airport are electric and really think about you know what what i think about when i'm watching that is like what if this was the detroit lions with matthew stafford coming home like it would be the same way i feel like it would just be absolutely bonkers the bills have actually had success uh, throughout their tenure as an organization the lions have not but I just would love to know what that feeling is like. So congrats to the Buffalo Bills. Um, and, I mean, you know, just just the cherry on top of all of this, I feel like, J.U., is you guys play the Patriots this week, you know, and it's fresh off the division win. It's kind of just like a uh, new big dick is in town. Exactly. The Buffalo's going to go into New England on primetime Monday night football slinging their dicks. And not, not little dicks, not jail dick this is federal prison dick yeah, where the big dick slingers are yeah, don't drop the all right they're gonna be going to new england where new england this week for the first time in so how many years are eliminated from the playoffs you know going into week 16 so that's absolutely crazy but the thing is buffalo has to maintain that mindset you know finish the season strong um they got two two regular season weeks left they're two seed in the afc right now 
because Pittsburgh lost and they beat Pittsburgh in the in the head to head. So they're the number two seed in the in in the AFC right now. They got this big game in New England prime time, and you couldn't be if you're a Bills fan, you couldn't feel any more confident and any more higher right now. But at the end of the day, you got to realize this game could be somewhat of a trap game. Oh, absolutely. It could be a trap game. Uh, you know, it is at New England. I will say that. Never an easy place to play. You know, no fans, so it's a little different. But while it may be a trap game, I absolutely don't I, I don't. I don't see them losing this game. The Patriots look awful and the Bills look surging. Hey, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've, I pick favorites way too much, but I feel like this won't be a trap just because I don't see there being a letdown for the first place Bills getting to kick the teeth in on the Patriots for the first time in a long time. But you got to remember, we got to remember, um, last last time the Bills Patriots played, it was a close close game until Cam Newton fumbled the ball. So with this game, I'm going with the Bills by ten points. Yeah, Bills by ten. Uh, yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I don't. I have twenty eight to ten listed. I think it's an absolute dick kicking. I think it's twenty eight to ten. And you know the Patriots score like a field goal late. I think this is. I think the Bills come in and they say the AFC East is ours. We're the new. We're new big dick in town. You're done. This is our division. Well, I just hope that Bills aren't celebrating too much and reading the press clippings. I don't think and- they're. I don't think so. I just. I'm. I'm telling you. You know the Bills better than I do. You've obviously played for them. I didn't, and I'm a new fan. I'm literally a new fan. Like over the last month. But when I saw Josh Allen huddled up before the Pittsburgh game, screaming, let them do the dancing, we'll do the working, like, I thought that was, like, the sickest thing ever. <laughs> and I just think they're dialed. That I goes back to dialed. your old school mentality. I love that. Yeah. You don't like that about me? I like that about you. That's different. That makes us different. You know, you think <laughs> these things make a difference, but at the end of the day, it's all in the play and, the, and you know what goes on on the field. Yeah, I just think the attitudes and the mentality and the moment, the momentum, and uh, just kind of like everything surrounding Buffalo. I'd be shocked if they went in and lost to uh, New England. But pros are pros. Exactly. I don't think they're gonna lose, but I think Bills by ten. I like it, which is a, which is in my mind any any two score games a blowout to me in the NFL. Okay, so now that we touched on Bills, we touched on Lions, let's do our lock of the weeks. Looking back on last week, I don't even want to talk about it. I had the Steelers minus 13. They lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, Jay. What is going on in Pittsburgh? It's a, it's a divisional game. It's a bitter rival divisional game. Pittsburgh did not come ready to play. And since he since he did, they had their third string quarterback in there, and the better team won that night. I agree. I mean, since he came to play, and, and the Steelers thought they had a cakewalk. They they literally said, "Well, we've lost two in a row. We can't lose three. Exactly. And we're only playing the Bengals. And we're the Steelers. Exactly. So that happened. Um, so that missed. I am now. How many? Is this was that three weeks in a row? That's three weeks in yeah, a row. You've we, been shit. You've shit the bed. You haven't hit a lock of the week either. I think we are collective zero and six on the lock of the week. I, I literally think we're a collective. No, you won the first week. You were you you hit oh, the lock right. of the yeah, week. That's yeah, right. No, that's right. I did. I was on fire. So. I don't know. Last week, I think I was right on par. Well, you missed. I, I don't did care miss. how close I did you were. Miss. I did you had miss. Eagles plus six and a half, and they lost by seven. So, I mean, you know what? What's getting close in, in the NFL, Jay? Yeah, it's no, nothing. It's a nothing. loss. Okay, so I don't think you've hit. I think you're zero and three, and I'm one and two. So we both stink. But my lock of the week this week. I'll do the sound effects again. Frank's lock of the week, week 16 NFL. I'm giving you guys a Christmas Day pick. Shocker, going with a favorite. 
Even though the Vikings are Saints killers, I am taking the Saints minus six and a half. Lock of the week, Christmas Day. My lock of the week, Eagles, Cowboys, love, love what Jalen Hurst is doing. Eagles minus two and a half, lock it in. Eagles minus two and a half, that is the second week in a row Jay has picked the Eagles. That is insane. All right. Those were the locks of the week. Those were our Bills. Those were our Lions who couldn't be in more different positions. I think that's it for the NFL. You got anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, cool. Let's move into over-under. All right, we are at the end of the show, and we have reached the part that everyone loves the most, over-under. This list has been provided by Jerry, who is our Red Wings correspondent and our over-under specialist. He used to be called the fat accountant from Cleveland, but we do not call him that anymore because he doesn't like it. Put some respect on Jerry's name. So here we go. I got the list. If you haven't listened before, Jerry sends me a list of topics that may be over or underrated. I've never seen it before. Jay's never seen it before. We read it live on the air, and then we talk if that topic is over or underrated. Number one, I'll lead this one off, and then you go second. We'll flip it the other way around on the next one. Number one, P. Diddy slash Sean Combs. Thank you for clarifying, Jerry, just in case I didn't know who one or the other was. I think P. Diddy is overrated. Uh, I think he has like been a great producer, but through through just rap beefs throughout the day, throughout the times, I feel like I side on the side that isn't P. Diddy. So like the Tupac side or the Eminem 50 Cent Murder Inc. side of rap beefs. Uh, I feel like kind of Diddy is like the dancer and wasn't really part of the hardcore scene. He liked to dance and he was pop music. I think he's a sick producer and I respect him and it's not like I don't like him. I just do think he's a little overrated. See, with this now, I see exactly why Jerry put this on this over underrated here because this week was P. Diddy's mother's 80th birthday. <laughs> That's why. And P. Diddy gave his mom a check for a million dollars. Okay, well that's sick. And a Bentley for her birthday, for her 80th birthday. Yeah. So I think that's why. That's gotta Jared, be. That's because WWJD, be. be. we think alike. Right. And I definitely think P. Diddy is underrated. He's underrated? A, he's, he's a mogul. Yeah. A mogul. Uh, his kids are athletic. His, his kid Justin has scholarship to uh, UCLA for football. Has a restaurant named after him, Sean John Clothing Brand. The music side of things, the TV shows, definitely underrated business mind. Yeah, great business mind. Great business mind. Don't get me wrong. I just, I always have viewed him. He's always been on the other side of the the rap beefs that I've that I've been in and or that I've been in. Like I've been a part of. <laughs> like I was part of the fucking Murder Inc. Beef. But like just part of like I don't know. I just always have sided. Uh, with the rappers I like in the beefs against him, but it's not like I don't like him and it's not like I don't respect him. P. Diddy's like a fucking legend. And I just, to be honest, to be honest, I didn't like when he changed to P. Diddy. I just thought Puff Daddy was a way cooler name. <laughs> Number two, you go first, Jay. Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve or Christmas dinner? That's a little tough because those are different things. Christmas Eve is overrated. Okay. Uh, I'm more of a Christmas Day type of guy, you know, Christmas Day, um, the, the whole mystique of waking up, 
you know, the tree presence, the excitement. You just have that extra boost in your step on Christmas Day. So Christmas Eve, overrated. Christmas Day, underrated. That's fair. I am going to I'm going to say Christmas Eve is underrated. I think I'm a little different on that front with you. Christmas Day reminds me of just running around, uh, like a big run around to the families, which is always great, you know. But I did love that anticipation, that going to bed, knowing that, you know, that Santa's coming with the gifts the next day, leaving the cookies out with the note, all that shit. That stuff to me, I think, was a little more exciting. I don't know. This is tough. Than Christmas Day, than seeing the gifts. I'm walking myself through this. I'm talking through it. Christmas Eve, but you might I might have turned me here. I think Christmas Eve is overrated actually, because Christmas Day is like absolute the electric factory. Exactly. As a kid, yeah. How many how many times can you wake up on Christmas Day yeah. and see a shining present and open it and it's a fucking can opener? Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or a dustpan. Fun fact: if everybody's been listening for a couple weeks, my dad bought me another dustpan <laughs> to fuck with me this year because someone he he told me he doesn't listen to this, but somehow heard. I think my man's listening. All right, Christmas Eve, I'm going to say overrated as well. You're right. You're right, Jay. You turned me. Number three, the Hockey World Junior Championships. Uh, I don't watch these. I should watch them more. I watch them if they're on TV. These are underrated. I mean, Jerry, you got me all excited about the Red Wings prospects today. There's no reason I shouldn't be watching these, especially with a Red Wings team that isn't going to win right now. And the only exciting part is the young guys. I'm going to say underrated. Um, before Probably... Six, seven years ago, I would have said overrated. But once I was in Buffalo, and I lived right downtown, um, right within walking distance of the HSBC Arena at the time, which we coined as Hot Sauce Blue Cheese Arena Okay, I like that. in Buffalo, That's and they had the worlds there, and you see people, you go to your bars, you see people from all walks of life, different countries, everything there. And these are the next generation of superstars in the NHL. So this is definitely underrated. And you probably just get like those Buffalo gritty folk, blue collar that just love hockey and know everything. Know about everything it. about it. You're sitting at the bar and you're talking and you learn so much about the game. Wild. By listening to these people. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, fo- football is just, football and hockey are just different. You know, like, like with basketball, like you can play all over and you can play in all these different leagues and they come from all over and you can find these different winding paths to the NHL. Now that it can't can't happen in the NFL, but a lot of times, you know, it's it's college to draft day to Exactly. to Sunday. And it's the same country. This right. is people right. from right. every right. different country. Yeah, right, exactly. That's the biggest the biggest uh point there. Number Are you f- writing these down? What? Are you writing the No, you're right, I'm not. But I, I wrote, Yeah, you're right, I'm not. Okay. Just no, making sure. No, no, you're good. Okay, so number 4, you're up first. Uh I'm very curious to hear your uh opinion on this. Uh, HBO Hard Knocks. HBO Hard Knocks is definitely underrated um, because I feel from being a guy that's actually sat in a in a chair and got cut, um, you see the hardship of it because a, a normal fan just sees what happens on Sunday. They don't see the hard work that goes into the game and the blood, sweat, and tears, and everything, the family aspect of things, that it's not just you, it's your family, your wife, your kids, and everything like that. So HBO Hard Knocks, definitely underrated. Yeah, definitely underrated for sure. Um, I think sometimes, you know, we get, uh, like as a show sometimes, I could think it's overrated just because like sometimes I lose 
value in the entertainment of it, but it's just because I've been used to watching it every single year, and you forget these are people's livelihoods, like, their stories to get there, like, you know, they're shitting their pants when they're called into that GM office. Exactly. And, and the guys who got to make that decision, like, the whole business side of sports is something that HBO gave us a, a peek into, and, you know, it's it's, it's an incredible show that I, I watch every year. Exactly. Well, and, it, and, and it's not, it's, there's no fluff to it. Yeah, right, right. Um, and I think that is just like exposure we've never seen before. And sometimes I do catch myself being like, ah, oh, this is a boring uh, episode or this team wasn't as exciting. But it's just like, you know, you asked to watch our business. This is what it is. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you couldn't make it entertaining, that's, you know, your own fault. All right. Number five, ice baths. Frank not being a college athlete wouldn't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Ice, ice baths? I mean, if, if, like, they suck initially, but if you can do one, like, you feel a lot better after. And if you can t- tough it out, like, that's great, but there's probably, there's no reason I'll ever take an ice bath ever in my life again, so I'm going to say they're overrated. Uh, I say ice baths are underrated. Um, you know, that's something that, it, it's, it's, it's a life-changing experience when you step into an ice bath. Uh, and when you come out of it, you're totally rejuvenated. From that, so definitely underrated. Yeah, so clearly I can't relate because I don't do that shit. Number six, Frosted Flakes. That's you. Ooh. Ooh, Frosted Flakes. Tony the Tigers. They're great. Oh, do you mean that? I would say they're under. They're uh, actually, I'll, I'll go back. I don't. They're overrated. <laughs> Frosted Why? Flakes are overrated. Why? I'm not a big cereal guy, so. Uh, well, I guess that, that, that would change your opinion on that. Um, if you think Frosted Flakes are overrated, uh, well, not I'm not making based on this decision on that. I think Frosted Flakes are underrated. They're up there for a go-to cereal for me. They're kind of in, in the rotation. I eat cereal a lot. I, I think Frosted Flakes get soggy too fast. They probably do. You just got to chomp. You just got to get in there and chomp. See, I'm, I'm more of a... You savor I'm, I'm, I'm more, no, I'm a traditionalist. Yeah. I'm a Raisin Bran Crunch kind oh of guy. Oh, my God. Okay, we're not taking cereal opinions from you of Raisin Bran Crunch. Raisin Bran Crunch is your favorite fucking cereal. It's not my favorite, but Captain Crunch with the Crunch Berries are my favorite cereals. I actually have those in the cupboard at home right now. They're yeah, in the road that's table. my favorite cereal, just for the record. But then we'll be raisin bread crunch. Okay, right I, after I do that. a frosted flakes. I do a golden grams. I do a lucky charms. Uh, if I'm feeling real fucking nutty, I'll get a fruity pebbles going in there. Ooh, you like the sugary snacks? Oh hell yeah! My wife won't let me have that in the cupboard. <laughs> really? I have to sneak that. I have to sneak it. I do also <laughs> like my mature cereal, which is not mature at all. Is uh, honey bunches of oats. <laughs> honey bunches of oats is pretty good. All right, number seven, Gatorade. Ooh. That's a good one. I like this That's one. a very good one. I think Gatorade's definitely uh, overrated. Gatorade's definitely overrated. It's 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 a thing that makes you think you're an athlete, but at the end of the day, like, no, you're not an athlete. I agree. I think it's completely overrated, and I think Gatorade's lost a lot of their branding because growing up, like, that was the coolest thing ever. That was the sideline drink. Like, I still think they have it, but, like, I am very curious to know how many athletes are drinking Gatorade because to me it's just sugar water. Well, no, because at the thing, at the end of the day, I remember specifically sitting on the sideline and you would get your trainer to walk along and it's either water or Gatorade in there and majority of the people take the water yes. over the Gatorade because you don't want to, you don't want to drink that and then you 
you drink it, you put it in your, you put your mouthpiece in, it's sugary and everything like that. Yeah. No, you and just then if, want and then the if water. You, if you like miss your mouth a little bit, like it's sticky on your chin and the chin, like the chin strap and shit. Like, no, like, I don't know about that. It only happens in hockey, I what, guess. Okay. Well, whatever. I guess fuck me. Then. <laughs> but the only Gatorades I will get were at first the Gatorade Rain, if anybody remembers those when they first came out. And then what they changed Rain to was G2. And it's, it's the low-sugar Gatorade. Let me tell you about a Gatorade. If you ever have a raging hangover, okay. the Cucumber Gatorade. Oh, wow. That will get you back. But overall, if you have a raging hangover, the cure for your hangover is Pedialyte. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Or we coconut all, water. Yeah, most people listening to this are probably drinkers if they're listening to uh, the Champagne Athletics podcast. So I think we they, they know about Pedialyte. Uh, number eight. I'm a Panda Express. Man, Panda Express, I don't get it a lot. and But whenever I do, I really do enjoy it. And it is just like that fast food, easy uh, Chinese food. But I feel like it's nothing special. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta talk through these sometimes. Like, I feel like it is nothing special. And I would rather just go to like a Golden Chopsticks local chinese place then go to panda express so i'm actually going to say panda express is overrated i'll say panda express is overrated i haven't had panda express in probably 20 years yeah i agree like i've, I've maybe had it three times in my life and like i don't i don't know the difference between just like your traditional not like, many options yeah i'd rather just go local buy right. local right buy local especially in these times <laughs> number nine bowling <laughs> bowling <laughs> is uh I said bowling's overrated. Uh, yeah, yeah go, you got more? You got more? I, was ready to hop on I just don't like the fact of, you know, it's, it's it's just dirty. It's nasty. It's it's not an athletic sport. You can't, you don't have to be athletic to bowl. So it's overrated. So here's, here's the approach of bowling. You know, this is the beauty of over-under. It's how you interpret it. I think bowling is totally overrated. I kind of suck at it. I get bored with it. I don't think the sport's fun. You know, like, whatever. But... If a group of friends wants to go bowling to hang out and we're going to drink like nine pitchers of beers and bowl, I enjoy that. If I'm competitively bowling, no, bowling sucks. But if I'm going out with friends, bowling's fun, but also I could just go to a bar and do that. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't change too much for me. So what are you saying? I'm saying it's overrated. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, but I did want to note that, that like, I just, you know. Yeah, like, you really talked it up to yeah. the point. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Number 10. Uh, I'm first, Drake. I think Drake is so overrated, it hurts my soul. Uh, people love Drake. I don't like Drake. I don't like his music. I like a few. I think he has like five bangers that I absolutely love. I guess I can respect the game of Drake, and he's a very popular individual, but I do believe uh, he's very overrated. He's one of those guys that like if he farts into a mic, people lose their mind. Um, so I'm going to say Drake is overrated. Isn't this crazy how... Jerry like can bring everything together. We talked about when uh when uh, uh yeah, you Big Sean about Jerry, yeah. became and then Jerry just freaking just brought it in at the end. Yeah. I say about Drake, fuck Drake. Oh my god. Jerry, yes. holy shit. And my wife's Canadian, but still fuck Drake. Oh my god. Drake is highly overrated. He cries a lot. He whines a lot. He's a fucking fanboy. Oh my on god. On his music, everything like that. Fuck Drake. I am I'm I'm losing it over that take because I did not expect you to do that. I think Drake is one of the most overrated motherfuckers in the world yes. when it comes to music and everything and just his his whole aura, 
and his fucking YOLO. He's corny. Yeah, he's corny. He's corny, he's corny. as hell. It's a perfect Fuck way to Drake. Play. Fuck Drake. Fuck Drake podcast. Number one, P. Diddy. J.U. Underrated. Frank. Overrated. Christmas Eve. Overrated across the board. Uh, the World Junior Championships. Underrated across the board. Hard, hard Knocks. Underrated across the board. Ice Baths. J.U. said underrated. I said overrated. Six, Frosted Flakes. He said overrated. I said underrated. Gatorade, overrated across the board. Panda Express, overrated across the board. Bowling, overrated across the board. Drake, over the fuck rated across the board. Fuck Drake. Fuck Drake. This has been The Fizz episode 49. Thank you for listening. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to subscribe and write a review. Rate the rate the podcast as well. If you're on Spotify, don't forget to subscribe as well. Thank you all for listening. Tell your friends, tell your family. I want everyone to have a safe and happy Christmas weekend. Uh, what do you got, Jay? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and fuck Drake. See you guys. My income is all that and then some. Girl, your man is an income poop, a symptom. Up a sim because I spend some loot to get some. As for me, I'm the Kim Jong-un, a pimp's hunt. <laughs> Swag dripping, I'm in a pub. Went up to this chick who was so tipsy. We went to hug, ended up tripping. I picked her up, she yelled out, it's a birthday. She's 50 and in the club, then it comes on yeah. That in the club song, yeah. she's a buzzsaw what? We're going numb skull, uh. I live on the edge uh. She's a jump off, yeah. call her Cinderella Why? She loves balls, oh. now count it 5, 10 Yeah, 15, 20, 25, 30 Yeah, get the money, throw it in the furnace Yeah, this shit be funny, earn it just to burn it Swag tripping from me, yeah Attack like the Ripper, all over the track Doing laps like a stripper Now, 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 now Wow, wow, look out, ow, wrap circles around, round, clowns around, sounds. John Rambo's back in my ammo stack that I'm talking raps. I'm on your head of the words. I'm stocking caps and I'm talking facts like office smacks. Never down, I'll be up like an insomniac. Girl, I got racks, you got a rack. How you got all that back and nobody fat? I'm in awe with that when I stopped the Pontiac at the laundromat that I saw you at. You almost had a heart attack when in the cardiac. You ran inside, told your boyfriend, like, I'll be back. But for all you know, I probably act like I'm Daniel Wozniak. I'm a psychopathic killer. I'm a cat pillar, caterpillar, the botanic of bananas. You never heard better vernacular coming after your scapula for lack of a better word. Dracula, cause I'm attacking the rapper at the phrenic nurse. I'm a savage back to put the dagger in the back of competitors. Predator and scavenger, I am a carnivore and a baller. You're at the dollar store, what the fuck you got a wallet for? Y'all are poor, I was living in squalor, but uh uh-uh, not no more. Now I'm the one they holler for. Fucking shit up like a dinosaur in a china store, bitch. I'm number five. What? Minus four. (laughs) Now count it five, ten. Yeah, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. Yeah, get the money, throw it in the furnace. Yeah, this shit be funny. Earn it just to burn it. Swag tripping from me. Yeah, I'm a. I'm a what? I'm a what? I'm a.